As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! It is the final game preview episode of the 2023 season. Thanks for joining us here on the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Zach Rosenblatt, our reporter for the Jets at The Athletic, and Marissa Dunn, our producer who is back and thriving in her first week back on the job. Uh, I am still trying to get my voice back, but I'm doing a little better than last episode, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, $2 per month to join The Athletic right now. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. So that's that bargain. And continue to give us great reviews wherever you listen to or watch the podcast. We appreciate that. We have a lot to get to. Pro bowlers, pro bowl snubs. The Jets just released their team awards like minutes before we started the podcast. We'll get into that. We'll preview the Patriots game. Should the Jets win? Should the Jets not? All of that good stuff. Who's playing their final game for the Jets? So plenty to get to. Uh, Zach, you were apartment shopping this morning. That's why we're starting late. Did you find one? Uh, man, it's it's been a stressful. T- we've looked at like so many apartments over the last month. I did like the one I saw today, but I just want to like it's one of the things after you've seen enough, you just want to like figure out where you're going. And we even found like the spot because we need like, you know, you're never going to get all the things you want when you're apartment hunting, obviously. So we're like trying to weigh what do we want more space? Do we want better location, the amenities. And there's also like the date when it starts and like how much time we can give ourselves at the current apartment. Like it's as anyone, I mean, I'm not the first person oh, yeah. to ever do this. There's but, nothing um, like moving in the new New York city area. This is nothing yeah. like it. That's the thing we found like buildings we like, but there's, it's just like always missing like one thing, like, or it's like one thing against it. So we really have to like do a pro and con. Like we're not going to get everything we want. We know that, but it's definitely been like a stressful. And I, I got yelled at for being cranky about it um, today. So I, uh, I need to be better. It's Friday. <laughs> Come on. What are you cranky about? It's week 18. <laughs> Are you only searching in Jersey City or are you thinking about leaving JC? No, we're staying Jersey City, okay. Jersey City, Hoboken area, more likely Jersey City because Hoboken's pretty expensive. But yeah, downtown JC, JC, they've really built up like a lot. Like there's some really cool like high rise buildings and stuff. So we've seen some cool ones. Like there are a lot of these places have golf simulators as like one of the amenities. So if I was ever going to wow. start playing golf, as Connor has been begging me to for a while, 
and I can come on the pod and talk about it as everybody wants. Oh gosh, we we <laughs> might get a whole new audience again once we start talking or about lose, golf. Or lose the audience. Or lose. We have. Or lose. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. Good luck. The we got, rest of we got the a way. listener from uh, from Ireland watching us live. Yeah. yeah thanks, Brendan. Brendan, for joining us. And thanks, I, I should mention. We were hoping to get the leader of the picks on, but he's actually mm. British as well. Not not as well. Ireland. British. Wow, that was very offensive what you just well. said, I think. Yes. Not, I didn't mean as well. He is from the other he's side a- of the ocean as well. How about that? We went to journalism school, not, you know, yes. we're, our geography is not great. Yeah, geography is not great. That's no, true. But, yeah, uh, very true. But Jimbo uh, could not join us because he is from England and uh, the time zones and he was traveling. So, um, but we're hoping to get somebody on about the picks here soon. Maybe he'll keep the lead and we'll try it again. Watch it. My bad. Hey, I am, uh, I am Irish. So yeah. I got you. McMaster. I got you. Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's get into the, let's get back to the jets. The jets are green. That's why, you know, it's all good. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) There you go. All right, Pro Bowlers. Let's start there. Uh, two for the Jets. They're kind of the obvious ones. Quinn and Williams, Sauce Gardner, both on the defense. But I, yeah. I don't even think it's worth talking about that. We should just get into the snubs, I think, Zach, right? Like Quincy yes. Williams, not a Pro Bowler, is just, I don't even know where to begin. It's crazy because he was first among AFC linebackers in fan voting, um, but he finished a fifth alternate. Like that which means coaches and players didn't really vote him as much. Like I, I, I think there's a big part of it is that he's on a losing team. Like it's hard for guys on losing teams to like break in and get there unless they're like a name like Sauce Gardner and Quinnen already, who both deserve it, but they're like, they have a reputation already. Whereas Quincy like built his reputation up this. And I thought he got a lot of hype, not even just locally. I saw like, you know, even like guys like Nate Tice and guys who like really watch football, like just like hyping up how good Quincy's been this year. Um, he deserved it. Maybe he'll get an all-pro, which, you know, I've seen a lot of people responding that way. Like, if, if he gets voted all-pro, uh, that kind of makes up for it a little bit. So, you know, it for, for everyone saying, like, it, Pro Bowl doesn't matter. Like, the games don't matter, but I think these guys, like, it matters to them. Um, yeah. And I think – and I, I know all-pro is usually weighed heavier on, like, contract stuff, but I think Pro Bowl is factored in. It's factored in – you know, I'm not saying Quincy will get there, but, like, when a guy is, ha- is going for his hall- the Hall of Fame, like, the amount of times they've made the Pro Bowl is something that's considered, too. Like, it does matter. Um, even if like guys get in that don't deserve it all the time, um, like Tyler Huntley is obviously the the big example, and he got in randomly. That I think that was last year. But yeah, Quincy like not making it. Yeah, yeah, but Quincy not making it. Yeah, that that really really surprised me. And not only not making it, but being such a like deep alternate. Um, he was, I think, he was the, maybe the most deserving Pro Bowler on the team, arguably, if you just like consider both stats and tape. Um, Sauce is the probably Sauce and Quinnen are the, the most deserving in terms of like their actual play. But if you could like just factor everything in, like Quincy is having a great year for an inside linebacker. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, he'll get another chance to make it again next year and he'll be motivated and all that stuff. But yeah, I was, uh, I was surprised by that one for sure. How often do, I mean, generally all pros are all pro bowlers. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever, yeah. does that happen very frequently? It does happen. Yeah. It does happen like that sometimes, which is like, you know, it's different people voting for the two body. Like it's media right. that votes for the all pro. Um, I think Mitchell Schwartz itself, famously is one of them that's yeah. never made a pro bowl, but he's been an all even, pro. Even Kelsey, I think there's been years where Kelsey like didn't make pro bowl, but was all pro. Like it's offensive line. I feel like it's often yeah. the one because, because I, I don't know how much fans like I, I think fans vote for the names with offensive line a lot of time, whereas like 
not just saying the media always knows what they're talking about either, but I feel like generally the all pro list is more reflective of, you know, the reality. And even like if Quincy didn't make it, like CJ Mosley also not making it is kind of a surprise to me, even though I think Quincy deserved it more than him. CJ was an all pro and a pro bowler last year. And I think he's played pretty much at the same level. So, um, you know, it's all, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And, you know, it's not like even players and coaches maybe are watching everybody, but players aren't watching every team. So when they're voting, who knows how they're factoring in things and, and stuff like that. I think it is pretty telling that Sauce did make it, though, because he was 10th in the fan voting, but he got voted in, which means his peers do respect him, which I but think he maybe questioned like that sometimes. Yeah, but I think he questioned that sometimes because you'll have, like, cornerbacks randomly coming out and talking trash about them for no reason. Um and I think other fan bases don't like him for whatever right. reason, but clearly the league respects him. So the other snub, um, not as much probably as Quincy, but DJ Reed. I mean, here's another yeah. guy that the, the problem uh, there, I think, is clearly sauce, right? Like this team is bad. You're not going to put both corners from the two same guys from one position. Pro yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, DJ's a uh, interesting. Like, I never thought he would make it in. The fact that he's not even an alternate <laughs> is what the part that was like. Again, it's like it, you're right. It's they're they're on a losing team, and I I imagine everybody like just had Sauce and or Quinn and as their token Jets guy. Like maybe they're not thinking about that when they're going through the positions. But as you're like voting, you're like, all right, I'm gonna go with Sauce. I'm, I mean, I can't really put two Jets corners here, so I'm gonna keep going like the otherwise that I got. And it's not like DJ puts up amazing like interception numbers either, like Sauce. So. um I didn't necessarily expect him to make it. I do think he doesn't get as much respect around the league as he deserves. I've seen some angry fans pushing back because DJ had one bad game against the Dolphins. He, he's been good just about every game this year. The reason they don't travel is because DJ's holding down his end of the, set, the conversation on the other side. And it, even to a lesser degree, I think you could argue Michael Carter. Like if they really went positionally, um, which they probably should in the modern NFL, like edge rusher, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, defense tackle, defensive end, corner, like nickel corner, I think Michael Carter would – get in honestly but um that's not how this voting works it's a more broad uh voting body but yeah i think those are the two and, and thomas morstead you know only two punters make it so it's hard to call that a huge snub he is the first alternate greg zerline deserves it um i guess to that end uh thomas hennessy also deserves it she might all give the whole operation a pro bowl bid but um yeah I'd, I'd say quincy is the big big shocker for sure and i, I think in the future you'll see Brees Hall and or Garrett Wilson. I just think they weren't quite able to get there with the numbers because the offense is a disaster around them. So, And Garrett made it last year as a rookie um, and then it bounced off this year. All right. Uh, so that's the the Pro Bowl. The Jets team awards came out today. And the, the, I don't think this necessarily like makes up for it, but Quincy Williams gets the Curtis Martin yeah. team MVP award. So obviously, you know, his teammates know how important he was. But that... That is significant considering the other guys that are on this yeah. team. You know what I mean? Like Quinnen and and Sauce and and the other Brees and and all these guys that that Quincy was considered the MVP of this team by his teammates. Yeah, absolutely. I, I probably would, I don't know that I would have predicted he would win that award because we even talked about in the media like who we think is going to win team MVP. I I think I I generally leaned toward Quinnen Williams. Uh, or even like to, I don't know if a roster would vote in a special teams guy, but like Zerline or Thomas Morrison, I think both have a case, honestly. Um, that would be amazing. But I mean, Quincy, again, he had a great year. Like, you know, I I think he's really developed into a nice player and, he, and he's really made it so they have two really good linebackers and that's all you really need in this defense. So um, the, the Jets deserve credit for developing him, honestly, too. I know we give them a lot of 
criticism on that coaching staff, but they've done they've developed quite a few defensive guys into really talented players. We do give the defensive coaching staff credit, sure. though. I'll, I'll say that. That's um, fair. <laughs> all right. The other team awards. Dennis Bird, most inspirational, goes to Aaron Rodgers. Not playing, but who's, still inspired. Never heard of him. Who's that? Yeah, who's that guy? Uh, Tyler Conklin gets the good guy award. I think you've talked about that well before, deserved. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well deserved. Uh, yeah. Justin Hardy, community service. Brees Hall, most courageous for coming back from the injury. Xavier Gibson, the rookie who acts like a pro. And CJ Mosley gets the selfless warrior award. Um, so th those all seem to make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have, I mean, I know Justin Hardy is great in the community. I, he had a tough year with injuries, but um, he's a, he's a guy that's in his last year of his contract. I'm curious if they're, if they bring him back. I know they value him. Um, yeah. Brees earned that award. Certainly he played every game this year, which is pretty impressive for a guy coming off ACL surgery. Um, yeah. Tyler Conklin, I've spoken about him. Uh, we have the media good guy award coming out. I won't spoil it, but you know, there might be some similarities there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Xavier Gibson. Yeah. He, uh, he emerged as like a legit player. Like he, he played as a player that should have been drafted. I, I, I'm not sure that he's shown necessarily enough that you can rely on him as like a top three receiver. Like you can go into the off season saying he is locked in as our number three or number two or whatever. But um, Hope that, that was a, two. that was another, that was another victory for Joe Douglas in the, in the scouting department, getting an undrafted rookie. Tony Adams has become a quality player. I think um, you have him, you have Bryce Huff. Who we're going to talk about, um, but yeah, that's uh, all those awards kind of make sense to me. Yeah, and pretty cool for that rookie award to go to an undrafted guy too. Um, you know, there's obviously yeah, for sure. a higher yeah. profile player. Well, it speaks highly of Gibson and it also maybe speaks yeah. <laughs> low of the, the actual draft class. But but we've talked yeah. plenty about that. Um, all right, let's get to uh, some news of the week beyond that. And the next thing I wanted to get to is uh, Nathaniel Hackett with some Interesting comments yesterday that have kind of made some headlines um, around Brees Hall. We're going to play it for you. Uh, and then courtesy we'll, of Boy Green, of course. What he said. Yeah, this is a courtesy of Boy Green. <laughs> it gives us all our Twitter clips. You know, I think you, you look back at that first game and he came out and exploded. And I think that there was a uh, transition for him getting into football shape, you know, missing all of OTAs, all of training camp, but you could see some. Uh, you know, how dynamic he was going to be. Uh, I don't think I was ready for him to be as productive as he was in the past game. I think that's something that has added a whole dimension to things that we can do. Uh, lining up a wide receiver, catching the ball from the backfield. And when he touches the ball, I mean, he could score at any time. So um, I think it's been, he's gotten better as the year has gone on too. I think that's been great to see, uh, but it'll be great to have an off season and be able to work with him even more and, and get him involved earlier. When did you realize that? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, the one that jumps out to me big time was that because uh, you knew he was going to be really good in the run game. That had always kind of shown from the year before and uh, just some of the things he did early in the season. But uh, that check down he caught versus the Giants was unbelievable. And I mean, it really stood out that, you know, it wasn't just check downs that you wanted to get to, but you wanted to really try to game plan to get him the ball from the backfield. And, uh, you know, I, th I think he's done a very good job this year and, and excited for the future for him. And that check down, that check down against the Giants week eight, week eight. That's when it finally settled in on Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> that Brees Hall was a weapon out of the backfield. Um, I mean, he only played seven games as a rookie but he had some big moments catching the ball, Zach. How is this possible? I mean, not only did he have big moments, but he 
killed Nathaniel Hackett last year against the Broncos before he got right with the long you know? one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of indicative of this whole season. It was just like, they, it took them so long to like figure out what they had, how to do it. Um, they were, it took them forever to adjust to life after Aaron Rodgers. Um, and you know, it, they didn't, I don't know. If, I don't think this was intentional, but it feels like you almost punted on a season because you like, you just were not able to adjust in the moment. And I think they're, they're going to take a lot of lessons from this. They've talked about that a lot, Robert in particular. Um, even Nate has said he has to self-evaluate. That's what coaches say at the end of a bad season every time, obviously. But I think they probably learned a lot about how to handle themselves in adversity. I think there was a lot of excuse-making throughout the season. At the end of the season, the coaches finally, at, at, the, at least in terms of Hackett and Salah, I think Ulbrich has always put it on himself. Um, same with Brant Boyer. Uh, there was too much excuse-making. Make, I mean, I've talked about this. I won't go too deep into it again, but. Um, ultimately you have Reese all getting the ball. You have Garrett Wilson getting the ball. It's not that, it's not that complicated. Like I know, you know, teams are going to scheme to try and stop them. And it, there was weeks where Brees Hall was not running the ball well because the run blocking wasn't great. And there's a lot of things against you, but like, you're supposed to scheme these guys open. Um, I think they should have a better supporting cast around Brees and Garrett next year, which should help. Uh, but ultimately that quote is one that would have been better left unsaid. I would say, cause I, it angered Fans get angry every time he talks, I would say, every week. But um, that was one where I don't know if that was something you should have admitted because week eight is pretty deep into the season. Even if he, even if he had said, like, we didn't feel like Brees was fully back yet, so we, it wasn't until week eight where we really unlocked him or whatever, but that's fine. But to say, like, um, it, we were surprised at how good he was at pass catching or whatever it was. Like, I mean, this is the most one of the most explosive dudes in the NFL already, so – that's pretty inexcusable, frankly. How much of this is everything we just said, and how much of it is Hackett just being terrible at news conferences? <laughs> that is something that can't be overlooked. Like, not every coach is made for these things um, in terms of like saying the right stuff or thinking on their feet or whatever. I'm not, I'm not even saying that he's that or not that, but um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't know if it's necessarily him just saying it because we saw it. Like, they didn't do that right. until we right. gate. So, like he. And then Brees Hall is leading all running backs in receiving yards, and he's second in receptions when he was barely even thrown the ball at the beginning of the year. So he became like uh, Alvin Kamara-esque, I would say, um, except maybe he's more a little more explosive than Kamara. Uh, so I lessons learned, I guess. These are lessons you should have learned a while ago, and most coaches, or not most, but many coaches don't get to survive not doing these things. Uh, even this, it just, this has been a Jets thing forever, I should say. Like, it's not just like – LaFleur, if you remember last year, beginning of the year, it, like, took them a little bit to get Brees and Garrett, like, fully, like, leading the offense. Like, for whatever reason, these Jets coaches take a while to figure out that you should just get the ball to your best players. They try to get cute. Um, and next year, that should hopefully not be a thing, especially if they have a better number two receiver and if they have a better number two running back that can spell Brees a little better than Dalvin Cook did. Um, but, yeah, this is just indicative of a terrible offense all year finally figuring out what they're good at at the end of the year. He did end up with 93 targets, which is a, a good chunk, but it'd be great if it yeah. was 120 <clears throat> targets, right? Like for the, the yeah. amount of damage should, he can do. We should, we should mention that Dalvin Cook did sign with the Ravens, by the way, as Dan Byer just pointed out. And as he said, I fully expect him to like go off for, the, for Baltimore now and like win a ring or something. Cause that's, I mean, win a ring is definitely, definitely possible. They look yeah. unstoppable right now. Um, yeah. Interesting that he ends up there. Yeah. Um, 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Uh, the Patriots are on deck. Here we go. The losing streak. This is the best opportunity to snap attack, but it brings up lots of questions. Yeah. Do the Jets want to snap it? Or, I mean, obviously they want to <laughs> snap it, but, but would a loss be better than a win? Considering it's week 18, you're not going to the playoffs. There's an opportunity right now. They're picking eighth. There's an opportunity to move up to with a loss, six, seven, possible, very possible, and maybe even five if like a lot of things go right. So, what do you? I know you have a story coming out today, kind of on this, but where do you where do you land? Yeah, it's it's fascinating because there's extra layers to it because it's the Patriots, because it's potentially Bill Belichick's last game as their coach. But it would just be like. The perfect way for him to leave like one last grenade for the Jets. It like that beating them actually hurts. Beating the Patriots actually might hurt them a little bit. Um, I think for the future of the franchise, a loss is better. I think that's obvious. Um, the higher you pick in the draft, the more likely you are to pick a good player. But I also think that they're in. They're lot. They're not going to be any higher than fifth, and they probably won't get to fifth because they need a lot to happen. So let's say you're in the seven to ten range. Like you're. If you don't get a good player in that range, that's more on the scouting staff and on your GM than on the fact that you fell a couple spots. Because I, I even look, if you look the last few years, like the top like top twelve, there's been studs like across the board. Especially the year they picked Zach Wilson, ironically. But um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm trying to say, I look, and I and they one. won't be picking a quarterback next year. Yeah, and I I don't think they will. Which actually. Which is actually I mean, I know we're gonna better. have all off season. Yeah. Well, Marissa, that. they've done everything to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Unless he has, if a they don't pick offensive line or wide receiver, I think it would be shocking. But unless there's a guy they're like obsessed with and he falls to them or something like that. But yeah, I mean, look, like so, right now they're eighth. They could go as high as fifth, and they could fall as far as twelfth. Last year, Devin Witherspoon went fifth. He was really good for the Seahawks corner. Bijan Robinson went eighth. Jameer Gibbs went twelfth. All three are solid players. Um, in the five to twelve range in twenty twenty two, there was Kayvon Thibodeau, Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. In twenty twenty one, you had Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn, Pat Sertan, Devonta Smith, Michael Parsons. That was a ridiculous draft with like a bunch of like Hall of Famers. <laughs> but um, twenty twenty, you had Justin Herbert, Derek Brown, Jedrick Wills. Twenty nineteen, defensive end Josh Allen, T.J. Hawkinson, Ed Oliver, Rashawn Gary. Obviously, there's misses in there too, but like. And obviously, the higher to the top five, the more likely you are to get one of those top two, like offensive tackle studs or like a Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors. But if you fall at eighth, you can get a stud. And that's why 
I don't think it'll be as big of a deal if they win this game as if they, you know, as, as in 2020 when they when Braden Man tackled uh, the Simba Webster the, from the Rams and prevented them from getting Trevor Lawrence. Like it's it won't be as big of a deal as that. And I don't I it's hard to get a read on the fans because there are a lot that are like they need to lose this game. I think generally fans would be happy if they finally beat the Patriots. I do think there's a factor of, you know, maybe getting their their last shot at Bill Belichick before he he sails off into whatever sunset is is the next team that he leaves he leads uh but yeah i i think this team wants to win we'll see how they are energy wise they did have a long it's been like 10 it'll be 10 days since the browns game which is a lot for a team without something to play for so i am very curious to see what their energy is like the patriots are also mention, hard no matter what we should also mention i think the forecast is calling for <clears throat> six to 12 inches yeah, yeah. of snow in foxborough not, not thrilled so, about that i would say that could be real interesting. Yes. And for selfish reasons, I'm not thrilled about that because <laughs> I they the baggy day is on Monday. Whenever it's on the road, you have to get mm-hmm. back early. So as of now, the plan is to drive home on Sunday night. So um that not, probably uh, won't happen. Most be done by Sunday night, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll see. But um I mean I'm taking the train up there, I'm renting a car kind of thing. But uh yeah, anyway, the weather is gonna be not ideal. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how the Jets look and and uh, you know Belichick is probably going to pull out all the stops because he loves nothing more than the torch of the Jets. I think it's 24 years. Uh, it was yeah, it was in 2000. <laughs> yesterday was the anniversary of when he was he he resigned as the Jets head coach at his introductory press conference. So um, writing it on a napkin. So, yeah. So that's uh I don't know. I think I think a win. I don't believe in the a win carrying momentum in the offseason kind of BS, but I. <laughs> I do think to end on a little more of a positive note would be good, especially because a lot of these guys are going to be back next year. So, Marissa, do you have any just being in the world of of these players when you're in this situation when the playoffs are gone? Like, what is the attitude of the players? Obviously, I was just going to say, show, right? Yeah, Michael always says it's like so dumb to think that teams are going to throw a game because no. for pl- for players like that's your resume your tape is everything yeah yeah so guys that are free agents guys Absolutely. that want different contracts like you're not going to go out there and just like play terrible because that reflects on you if you don't even care what goes on with the team like at the end of the day you have to think about yourself you don't want to put bad tape out there it's like in the preseason too like Totally. Yes, the games don't matter, but guys are going to give everything they have because they're fighting to make rosters. They're fighting to improve their, you know, free agency status. So it's not like they're or, those or guys bonuses. are going to. There's, there's yeah, exactly. Who knows? Yeah, they might have a sack bonus or, a, you know, like snaps played, whatever. So <clears throat> it's definitely not like the team is going to go out there and just be like, um, oh, you know, who cares kind of thing. Yeah, because it it matters to them for sure. The uh, the athletic, the pulse, the newsletter we have had some of the um, key players with something to play for this week. Baker Mayfield can make two point two million dollars on Sunday. Crazy. They make the playoffs and he has to finish in the top 10 in four categories, but he's already there. So he just has to have a good game and they win two point two million dollars. So that was the biggest one. But there was a lot of Jadavian Clowney can make a million dollars, I think, with a half a sack. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. um, Aiden Hutchinson, I don't know if he has incentives, but he's up there in the sack leaders. So, or not Aiden Hutchinson, I, I apologize. Um, Trey Hendrickson on the Bengals, uh, who the Browns are playing this weekend. Um, and even though that game does not matter, um, you know, 
he's up there. You might want to yeah. get yeah. might want to get those totals. So that's right. Yeah, it's not that's like right. there, there was there was uh, there was jokes people were making about Dalvin Cook before they cut him last week, where he's like, he just needs like fourteen hundred yards to reach his incentives, uh, like thirteen hundred <laughs> more yards to reach his incentives in the last two games or whatever. <laughs> So the yeah. scenario for the Jets is before we move on to the the other side of this, um, they are the Titans, Chargers, and Giants are ahead of them. The Jets' strength of schedule is five twenty three, Titans five twenty seven, Chargers five twenty. So that's all really close. And then the Giants are five hundred. That's why it's less likely that the uh, Jets could catch the Giants. But so they would need the Titans to win, the Chargers to win, the Jets to lose, and then they move up a little bit more than likely. Um, yeah. All right, how about players that are playing? Probably maybe their last game for the Jets. We'll start with the one that none of us want to see, and that is Bryce Huff, Zach, because I don't I don't think you can find a, a single Jet fan, probably anybody in the organization that wants Bryce Huff playing somewhere else next year. But the fact is he doesn't have a contract. Yeah, and you know, I he spoke to I think Brian Costello from the from the post and his quotes were like he won he pretty much was like, Yeah, I mean I, I've worked really hard and I want to get paid. Um, whether that's here or someone else, somewhere else, kind of thing, which is not really what I imagine fans wanted to wanted to hear. But I know for a fact that there is absolutely interest in bringing him back. You do not want to lose him, but the price is going to be a factor. This team, um, you know, I they spent a lot of money last off season, and I, I think these decisions don't always necessarily come down to just like the GM or the coach wanting a guy. There's also the owner has to approve a big contract, and you know, you just paid Clinton Williams a lot of money. You just John Franklin Myers got an extension a couple of years ago. They've um, they just paid Carl Lawson to basically not play for them this year. So um, I do think that's a factor. Like if they want to make a lot of other moves, can you afford to pay Bryce off $15 million a year? Like we'll see. Um, but I do know there's been interest. There's been discussions throughout the year. <clears throat> they haven't come to any agreement. I think any extensions won't happen until after the season. So they're slowly running out of time, but yeah, I, I don't think you, should let that guy leave the building. He's 25 year old. He's 25 years old. He's elite pass rusher. The unique part about him is that he hasn't really proven himself yet as like a full-time player, but even in 50% snap load, he's, he's like the second most efficient pass rusher in the NFL behind Michael Parsons. So, um, I mean, everybody, we're a pro Bryce Huff podcast, obviously. Um, uh, but that that's one that I'm very curious to see if he's a jet next year. Cause if he is, it might for all we know, I don't know. Can they afford to keep everybody? Uh, on that defensive line, like that would be the question. So um, that's going to be one of the bigger storylines going into this offseason in terms of like guys and whether they bring them back or not. I think he's the most important one. How much of a factor is the fact that their first round pick last year is Will McDonald? It almost feels like they drafted him to replace Bryce Huff in a lot of ways or whoever would, would walk out the door. Yeah. I mean, I look, they have Jermaine Johnson, who it looks like a stud. You have John Franklin Myers, you have Will McDonough, you just use a first round pick in, and then you have Bryce up. So I I think it would be hard to keep all four of those guys long term, ultimately. So you kind of probably have to decide on two or three of them, maybe not in the near in the immediate future, but down the line at the very least. So um Will McDonald still has a lot to prove. I think they are confident he can make a Jermaine Johnson type leap. And so if the Jets don't wind up reciting Bryce up, I think keep that in the back of your mind because they feel like maybe he's gonna take on a bigger role, but um, yeah, I, I would not let Bryce Huff leave this building and sign him before free agency starts is what I would do. All right. Some other players who could be playing their last game for the Jets um, that will make people less upset. Ashton Davis, who's had an up and down. I don't know. Like sometimes he's he's looked like a star. The times I think the fan base has turned on him. 
Randall Cobb has been a non-factor. And there's, there's definitely other guys here that, yeah, all right, they're gone. We'll live with it. Yeah, Ashton Davis is one that I'm very intrigued by. He's another one. He's a young guy they developed in this organization. And I think, especially if you decide not to bring back Jordan Whitehead, uh, I, would, I would make sure to bring back Ashton and then maybe you draft a safety or you sign like a low-cost veteran kind of thing. Safety is not as important of a position in this defense as um, everywhere, every other position, I would say. So I would try and bring Ashton back at the right price. Jordan Whitehead, I think he gets a bad rap in this fan base. I don't think he's as bad as the fans think he is. I don't think he's like a star or anything, but I think he can do the job and he knows the defense and he's well, very well respected in that locker room. Um, some other guys, Bryce Hall is going to hit free agency and he's going to get a chance to start somewhere, I think, or compete to start. I think he's earned, he showed he deserved that in that with the Eagles game uh, and the Broncos game this year. Uh, I'm trying to think other guys on defense. Solomon Thomas. They really like him in the building. He's a rotational guy. Quentin Jefferson, I would think they would try to bring back at the right price. He is going to be coming off an injury. Um, yeah, Randall Cobb is kind of going to depend on whether Aaron wants to push to keep him here. Um, Lakin Tomlinson is going to be a very interesting one because he has a big cap hit, $18 million. Uh, hasn't really lived up to it. He's well-respected, but would he come back at a pay cut or will they cut him for cap savings? And if you do that, then all of a sudden – the only position you have 100% locked in is center and and wherever you put AVT. So you're creating more holes. Um, but if you feel like you can get an up, like you have to feel like the Jets have to feel like we can get an upgrade from him. Like it's not people, guys, fans often want to say, well, just cut that guy and save the money. But like you also have to replace him with somebody either as good or better. So if the Jets don't believe they can do that, then I don't know that they want to get rid of him. And you say. have to look at that as a total <clears throat> like cap hit, yeah. like between the two guys, yeah. right? So exactly, yeah, because yeah, because you're still paying like, and if you cut him, so right, um, right, yeah. So a lot of I mean, Carl Lawson. This is obviously going to be his last game here. Um, curious to see if they give him some playing time, uh, so we can kind of. He hasn't really played like at all this year, so um, CJ Zama's already on the injury reserve. I would imagine that he's probably done with the Jets unless he takes a pay cut. It's guys like that. Like, there's a lot of, there's no like significant ones leaving, which is why they should be able to run it back to a degree, especially on defense, which is kind of nice. And I, I think they didn't restructure CJ Mosley last year, which I thought was pretty interesting. I don't think you can let him go, though. So I'm curious. He's going to have like a $21 million cap hit. That's a lot. So I, uh, I'm curious to see what that looks like if they extend him or restructure or whatever. And you have other guys that set to hit free agency next year, or like uh, Michael Carter the second or DJ Reed. Uh, you have a fifth-year option decision coming on AVT. Like, there's a lot of financial things they have to consider. I don't think they have a lot of flexibility. They can, you can make space, push to the future, but they already did that a lot last year. They have like twenty million dollars in in dead cap because of void years this year that are just, just going to be hanging on the salary cap sheet this year. So, um, some bad financial decisions last year, I think, but they had to do it to get Aaron Rodgers and his buddies in here. So, yeah, sometimes you got to make that deal with the devil. Um. All right, let's switch to the Patriots. Um, and obviously, maybe Bill Belichick's last game. It certainly looks that way. And a couple of stories came out this week um, on The Athletic. Uh, Chad Graff has one story about the dysfunction of the organization. And then an even more scathing story in the Boston Herald. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> and some of the stories out of this are just like, this is not the Patriots that that we've kind of seen for the last 20 years. Um Bill O'Brien basically was allowed to come in and take over the offense, but Bill Belichick didn't want him to reportedly and then didn't allow him to bring basically anybody with him of any value. So he's been kind of on an island. Um, the the two quarterbacks don't speak. 
Um, there's been issues with the offensive line and the the philosophy of coaching there. Um, Juju Smith Schuster's had a blowout. Um, just like one thing after another, that you see these stories come out every year. Um, we, you know, you had one last yeah. year, Zach, about about the Jets. <clears throat> um, the the Panthers seemingly have one of these every year. The Commanders. Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos. There's there's a lot of these dysfunctional stories, and it, it amazes me that <clears throat> I'm going to get through this podcast. I swear. <laughs> <clears throat> you have these billion dollar franchises that are run by successful businessmen, and there's so many of them that are just a mess. Um, but you never thought the Patriots were that. But right now, it feels like that 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 organization is is messed up and heading to a big change. I mean, yeah, it's reached a point that Belichick has his first like legit bad year, and he's on his way out. It's kind of, it kind of happened in Philly when in, with Andy Reid at the end. Um, he had a bad year, and they moved on. And I think it was better for both parties, kind of thing. But yeah, it's uh, you know, they always were the model of like an organization that just ran itself the right way. And, and I think Belichick lost his way to a degree where he started bringing in his buddies as coaches. And you know, if you saw in that story, he didn't want to get rid of Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator, which. Um, it just like Amazing. tells you everything, and and Joe yeah. Judge is still there. Like there's just Bill O'Brien. It doesn't seem like wound up working out like the way they thought he would. Um, which you know I think he kind of people forgot that he had, didn't have the best reputation once he was in te- once he left the Texans about you know his personality. So I mean Mac Jones. I think there's a lot, been a lot of rumblings about um, him behind the scenes and how his teammates feel about him and stuff like that. So it's uh. Yeah, usually the Jets are the ones with like the more of the controversy and, and stuff like that. Um, and it's it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird seeing a different coach. I'm very curious to see if they stick on the Belichick tree or if they go outside of that when he's gone. And, and I'm very curious to see where Bill Belichick ends up because I can't imagine he's done. I think he cares about that wins record. I think he wants it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been weird. But I, th- I think the biggest mistake, even beyond the coaching stuff, has just been letting him – have the GM power unencumbered because he's done a really poor job drafting, really poor job free agency. And I think that's ultimately what's killed them. These things come out when you're losing, if you're winning and they're dysfunction, then it's like, okay, it's fine. Like they, not everybody agrees in a way, even in a winning locker room, but when it's losing, it all gets exacerbated. And we see that with the jets. I think to a degree, there's been some of that this year, but I think they've done a pretty good job of keeping it internal. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, uh, the Patriots are going to be, kind of the story of the offseason and Belichick and stuff like that. It's going to be very fascinating to see what happens. And Patriots are going to have a new quarterback again, a new coach, new structure. And I'm very curious to see what Robert Kraft does because a lot of times these owners are a little too involved too, which kind of becomes one of the bigger issues because they, you know, the GM and head coach have to be the front facing, like ones taking the bullets, but a lot of times the owners are the ones kind of pulling the strings. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and how attractive that job is. Yeah, and when when they were winning, Kraft stayed in the background. But over the last couple of years, you've kind of heard more and more from him as things have, have fallen apart. Um, <clears throat> speaking of who their next quarterback will be, they have a lot on the line this week because there's a chance the Patriots lose and a couple of things go their way. The Falcons need to win, and then two of like five other things have to happen. They could move up to the number two pick. But even if they're the number three pick, most people, I think, would say this is a draft with three stud quarterbacks. Um, yeah. There's the two, and then Jaden Daniels would be the third guy. But like, it looks like the Patriots—they <laughs> have a lot to lose for. More so, like them winning or losing means a lot more than the Jets. I think 
considering where they are in draft position. But also, like we said, Belichick doesn't care about any of that if he's on yeah. the way out. That's like last year with uh, Lovey Smith. Um, although that wound up working out because if you go first, like, do they take Bryce Young or they take CJ Stroud? So um, that's why losing on purpose often doesn't really work out for any, like, it's not the same as the, like the NBA where you get a better lottery shot or whatever. Um, and like, I think in the NBA, it's very, it's way more dependent on like, like if you have a star in the NBA, you're set. If you, so you need the number one pick. Whereas I think the NFL, unless it's like a transcendent prospect, which I don't think these guys are necessarily, even if they are very talented. Um, I think if you're in the top five, like I said, odds are you're going to get a good one, unless your evaluations are poor, unless you pick the wrong guy or, you know, or if it's a bad quarterback draft, like when the Jets got Zach Wilson, it turns out that was a bad quarterback draft. So um, a lot of it's luck, but um, the Patriots are probably going to wind up with a good quarterback out of this, or at least a good prospect. And whether he works out will depend on the situation and the coach and all that stuff. So, yeah. And, and that should decide what direction they go with the coach too. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, people, I know, you know, people up there have expected Gerard Mayo to be the next guy for a long time. But yeah. that was before it went as bad as it has gone. So I don't know if that changes the equation for sure because he's part of that system. And maybe you want to just blow it up at this point. But it'll be interesting to see. All right. Should we do picks to wrap things up? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Not to brag or anything, but I bounced my baby with a, my foot to sleep on this podcast. So impressive. <laughs> You're gonna become a Multi- you're, you're foot, multitasking. Your foot, your foot's gonna be jacked with uh, how much you have to do that. Bet. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, you know, I can't complain <clears throat> that my uh, husband like hits people all day long, and I'm like, <laughs> my my, oh, my quads sore. My quads a little sore over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, being a mom is 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 painful too. So. Oh yes. Shout out. I to can't say dad. that from experience, yeah, but I I, can, I feel like I can say that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, here's the standings for the picks. If you're checking us out on YouTube, you can see him. But Jimbo Brennan leading the way. I mentioned it. We wanted to get him on the show today. He uh, he said very nice things about the podcast and how we've helped him through the season, but he could not join. Uh, he has a two-game lead on new Megan Jets, and then there's a couple guys behind that. So it's it's an interesting race. Um, not many people over 500 at this point in the season, but that's, yeah. why, um, that's why we don't really endorse – putting money on games but how are you guys doing you know i don't uh, really count because i did like two weeks and then forgot <laughs> i was, I was doing well for a while and then i fell apart yeah, was, i had like back to back I've, I've had a rough stretch i think yeah <laughs> yeah the uh dan the live shot dan botter said he dan botter said he jumped ahead of me in the standing so oh. um loyal listener yeah. yeah, these lines brought to you by BetMGM. We appreciate them. Uh, so the games this week, a lot of these games don't matter. And a lot of these games yeah. will be teams that don't care. But there are a couple of interesting ones. We mentioned Tampa Bay, 8-8, eight and eight, mm-hmm. but playing for playoff race. And I think the big one, maybe the only big one, is Buffalo-Miami, where everything's on the line. Um, the division, yeah, which means a better slot in the playoffs. It all comes down to this. And it's it's fascinating that the Bills are three-and-a-half-point favorites at Miami just because of the way the Dolphins have played down the stretch and the way the Bills have, I guess, because yeah. a month ago, that's not how that spread would look. It's pretty crazy I mean, that the Bills are lose. They're out of the playoffs. Yeah, so. yeah, they could be. Yeah, but the, the fact that they could be the number two seed or out of the playoffs is pretty bonkers. It, and it kind of just goes into the, how crazy the AFC has been this year. Wait, and that's a Sunday at one game? 
No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say. Yeah. I was like, I thought that's, that's when like you the... have to. That's when oh, you have to get the pick in by. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, that has, that has to be the primetime game. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the uh, the primetime game. Yeah. Um. So that game matters. Um. Eagles Giants is interesting because the Eagles obviously have something to play for still. Um. They're in New York and there's a rivalry factor to that one. Um. And then the Jets, obviously, I took the Jets plus two and a half. I was surprised by the spread a little bit there, too that the the jets are um two and a half point underdogs but i guess on the road it's almost just like a pick em type game anything standing out other than that to you guys uh i'm curious see. about what happens in the afc south because yeah that jacksonville is right, the browns will seven. end up playing so if jacksonville yeah. wins that will be the browns opponent in the uh wild texans colts is the, texans colts are playing too and they're both yeah so yes yeah so it should be interesting. Yeah, that's the thing. That so we don't, Jacksonville like, wins their in. There, guys, so, yeah. If Jacksonville wins, they win the that division. Division. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I guess there's a, still a chance that the Colts make it. Um, yeah. I believe. Houston, hey, they're both nine and seven. Yeah. So or if maybe Jacksonville loses, the winner of that game would get in. Is the division winner? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. So Houston. And so I like that that game there. is played first. So that the you know it's not like the schedule makers did a good job for the the schedule because that that play that game is Saturday Houston Indy I believe um yeah Saturday um so they'll be they'll be big tight whoever wins that game will be big Titans fans on Sunday yeah yeah it's it's fun when the divisions all match up like that too they yeah try to do that as much as possible yeah cool all right anything else from you guys uh, just wish me luck in Boston. Week back. <laughs> yes, good luck yeah, well, with yeah. yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's exciting to be back. Um, yeah, a lot of snow coming this way, so hopefully everyone stays safe this weekend and can just uh, watch the games that matter. Um, snuggle up on the couch and yeah, enjoy enjoy the first big snow of the year. How much is the city getting, Tim? Between zero and like. Two, I think it's oh. right in like the slush. So, oh, well, I thought you, I so thought we're you still were waiting to for Ailey to get out in the snow. It's, it's terrible. We, but we even got her a sled for Christmas. So, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> It'd be nice to use it. Yeah. But everyone says you get them all bundled up and then you get outside and they want to come inside. It takes like forever <laughs> to get out. And then you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. But she, well, she's outside all the time. So she, yeah. the cold doesn't seem to bother her as much as it bothers her parents. I'll say that. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week with a full recap of the end of the season, see what happened in this Patriots game, and uh, look ahead to the offseason, basically. And then we'll be coming at you a little less frequently from there, but we'll still be with you all throughout the offseason. Thanks for tuning in. You can't wait podcast. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.